Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. Chelsea have won a game, ladies and gentlemen. It's beautiful, beautiful scenes this Sunday morning. Join me on the podcast to look back at a loss, but more importantly, a win. I've got Akashvar and Harry. Um, gents, how are we doing? Yeah, doing very well, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Um, as I always do guess, I get them to give themselves a plug. So, firstly, I'm going to go to Harry, an honourable mention for the four horsemen of the Chelsea Football Club, football spelled F-U-T-B-O-L, uh, club opinion apocalypse. Um, Harry, tell people where they can find you uh, yeah. <laughs> for, more, for more tweets like that. Um, so I'm uh, at HK Saratov, which is S-A-R-A-T-O-V. Yeah, hopefully soon Harry will, will break into that, that, it, that elite in the circle of the four horsemen. He's just he's on the One outside. Day. For the moment, right now. Uh, also, return to the pod. Is Akash, Akash, tell people where they can find you. Uh, yeah, so uh, on Twitter, I'm, I, I'm on, I'm, I, I don't spend too much time on there because it's a hellhole, as we've all discussed, but Akash Hebar CFC8 on Twitter, very inactive. And uh, I'm at Akash.Hebar on Instagram and Chelsea Karan on uh, YouTube. But again, on Chelsea Current, we do a lot of regional language content and we do occasional English streams as well. We've had uh, Nick on like a year back. We also have RJP journalism on from time to time. So I think good content there as well. So yeah. Chelsea Current on Twitter, on, on YouTube, sorry. Nice one, nice one. Links will be in the description below. Right, unfortunately, the week started with Chelsea losing to Arsenal. That was, I mean, it kind of went as we expected. We conceded some fucking stupid goals. Like, really, really silly goals conceded. Uh, again, we were asking the question, could Kepper have done more of a goal? Yes, probably is the answer there. Um, it was just really, really poor. Um, we're 3-0 down, 40 minutes. But we won the second half 1-0. So that was a positive. Noni Madueke got his first Chelsea goal. That was a positive. There's basically very little anything else to say at all, unless Akash or Harry have anything really to add, we will move on because Arsenal was just abysmal and we don't want to read of it. Um, but they're not winning the league, so we're still going to be having a party when Arsenal fuck it up. Um, Harry Akash, any thoughts before we move on? Yep, just one positive, I think, from that match. Uh, 
so i was sick i only watched the highlights and like bits and parts of it afterwards but uh, i think kovacic showed his worst and best parts right so i think a lot of people said the game just passed him by but he also showed you know how the quality of uh, pass from deep which is a very valid concern with a lot of people because he can play those passes but plays those like once a season or twice a season and he looks like someone who leave but at, at least he did leave you know putting putting something up on his face i think that's clutching at straws but one positive from a very very shit match yeah and i i would add um um i i think you know i've looked at the highlights and I, I, it was great to see that madaweke got his goal even though it was sort of um uh, a bit, bit, a bit of a clumsy goal, but he still scored it. You know, they all count. Um, I think my mo- the big, my biggest disappointment from that game was how Frank um, set up and the people that you know his personnel choices. Um, and um, you know, we'll get onto it in Bournemouth, but I think we saw you know a change in the right direction, a change that we should have seen when he first came in. So um, I was a bit surprised to see the likes of Azpilicueta and Abamyang and. Um, and arguably Sterling starting, to be honest, since they all three of them don't really look interested. Yeah, we got, you know, a Noni Madueke start, which was nice against uh, Arsenal. We got an Aubameyang start, which, to be fair, I didn't mind, given but what we'd seen against Brentford when he sort of come off the bench. And I thought he was decent. Aubameyang just was isolated, uh, for not, you know, while he was on the time pitch and was pretty ineffective. It was a bit disappointing not to see Madrid get that start. He comes on. Yeah, he was decent. It was just a really, really poor night for Chelsea. But I think we kind of all expected that to happen. We were playing an Arsenal side that we thought would surely have to bounce back at some point. Um, I think it was perhaps a bit frustrating that Arsenal felt we were able to score. And Arsenal, you know, did look at times a bit vulnerable, but we just couldn't create more pressure. But it was a disappointing night. Um, But yeah, there's not really much more to say, to be honest. It was just really, really poor. But we move on to Bournemouth at the weekend. Now, they say good things come to those who wait. Chelsea have had to wait seven games to win under Frank Lampard. Waited six years for the new Gardens of Galaxy film to come out. And it is beautiful, people. Go and see that. So, you know, good things come to those who wait. It's been a good few days post-Arsenal. Harry, you know, talking about, you know, three in trilogies, etc. Conor Gallagher gets his third Chelsea goal. Joao Felix gets his third Chelsea goal. Benoit Badishile gets his first Chelsea goal. Um, and Noni Madueke was actually pretty pretty lively, even if at times his final you know decision uh, was a bit bit frustrating. But that was just encouraging to see from Chelsea in a performance where Chelsea largely controlled the game and actually you know looked a decent attacking threat, even if at times their final decision making was not quite there. Yeah, absolutely. And and for another trilogy, um, Raheem Sterling got his third assist. So <laughs> that's another one to really right home about um it just paints the picture of the season doesn't it um it has been a shocker but yeah absolutely delighted with the win um like you say good things comes to those who wait I didn't think we'd be waiting this long for a Frank Lampard Chelsea win but when you look back at the fixtures we've had you know I think the only ones we would have expected to win were Brentford at home obviously and hope and we, we, we would have hoped for Wolves away I think even Brighton at home given how bad we've been this season and how good Brighton have been, I would, you know, I was expecting a draw in that one. So, um, but thank God we won this one. I just hope that next weekend um, uh, we can go again and uh, beat Forest. Yeah, Akash Ford's feelings. It was just a nice, just felt like a nice, positive, happy happy day. That's something we've not really had enough of this season. It just just felt nice. And then we saw, you know, scenes of full time, like, 
Frank with his like arm around Enzo and you know chatting etc. She's like sort of the, the past and future of Chelsea's midfield there and then she's you know getting some love from you. It just felt like you know it just felt nice that you know we could just have that moment with Frank because I know from my experience the first time around winning games with Frank Lampard just felt that little bit more special than it did under any other manager and just to have that feeling back was just a nice feeling. For sure. So the fan base needed this pretty bad, right? So I, I was tired of just going up to every match and then listening to the same complaints, targeting the same players. And it, it had just sort of, you know, it, it, it had run its course. And I think the positivity that we felt yesterday after the match, even if it's just till the end of the season, I, I want us to sort of start getting wings and then push on. It, does, it doesn't do much for us in, in terms of the big picture of pots coming in in the next season, but the fan base needs this for sure. And like you mentioned, right, winning with Lampard feels that much more special than with other people. So, I, again, I don't want to jinx it, but I am coming over for the Newcastle and City games. So, hopefully, I'm able to see Frank, you know, I, I am able to see wins and then celebrate that with Frank in the stadium. And I, I want to see that speech, man. As in, we never got to say goodbye to him properly as a player and as, as a manager the last time. I think he sort of snuck out the back door. That broke my heart. And I think this, against Newcastle, regardless of the result, now that we're safe, we are on the beach, so to speak. So, it gives us the chance to say a proper goodbye to him. And if there are wins from here to the end of the season, that much more positivity in the stadium for that game. Yeah, no, indeed. Chelsea did actually mathematically secure safety yesterday. There was literally about a less than 1% chance. A lot of ridiculous results had to transpire for us to happen. But, you know, we did it. So, you know, people who were panicking, you can now relax. Chelsea are officially safe. Um I guess let's get into it. First goal comes from an Angolo Kante cross. I mean, Frank, Frank, you've been playing Kante in some weird, wacky positions since you've returned, but you got some reward on your product because Kante is often featured sort of on that but right-hand side of points. Puts in a great cross. And look, there's Conor Gallagher, arguably, you know, a Frank Lampard-esque run into the box to nod home. Harry, whatever people we think of Conor Gallagher, whether he is good enough to start for Chelsea, be a regular player there's obviously links that Borussia Dortmund are interested in him and he may well you know come to something it's still quite nice he's probably been one of the, the players to certainly benefit from from Frank coming in and because you know he's a player who along with way, we can never fault his effort when he's on that pitch so it was just nice again for him you know from the boy from the academy just again have his moment we don't know what it means in the bigger picture but it was just 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 a nice start to the game yeah definitely I mean um the one thing like you say you can't fault Conor Gallagher for is his effort and um his determination um, I, I personally uh, can't see a long-term feature for him really at Chelsea. I don't, I don't, but but I mean, he has been pretty decent as of late, and I, I agree it was Lampard-esque that positioning for the goal. You know, um, heading it in perfectly on time. Um, I, I I like him. I like him as a person. I like him as um, player. But I just don't know if he's that sort of Chelsea quality. But yeah. Um, at the very least, hopefully he gets us 50 million from somewhere, from some club. I think I can see him going for a, that. That would be a fair sum of money for him, in my opinion. Yeah, or potentially even if, you know, that's not bad. Him sticking around as a squad player is something that I do not really have much of an issue with if he is if he's happy to have that kind of role at Chelsea. Um, we then concede an equaliser. Bournemouth scored. That's a really nice goal, Bournemouth scored. Another time just had me thinking, like, when was the last time we scored a goal like that? Like, genuinely, just intricate play. Vigna, uh, the man on loan from Roma, slots in 1-1. And Akash, to be honest, at that point, I just kind of thought, oh, here we go again. I just thought, like, the, game, the tide was going to turn. It was just a really frustrating goal to concede, but it's just like, 
just when was the last time we scored a goal like that, right? I don't remember, and that's a very sad state of affairs, man. We used to have bangers almost week in, week out. At one point in time, we either had Hazard doing it for us, or we had SCN and Lampard banging in, you know, from all over the pitch a couple of years back. At that point, like you mentioned, right, I'm someone who absolutely worships Thiago Silva, but why he stepped out the way he did, and then, you know, Badia was just left flat-footed. It was good football from Brighton, but definitely not the sort of goal that I'd expect a team of our quality to concede. And... You know, at that point, and, and and going on, you had that penalty shot. You had uh, their winger missing the header from like point blank range. Right? I was convinced it was going to be another two one or three one loss, but uh, credit to us, we rode our lucky times. But as, as of all teams, we needed a lucky break. We needed something to go our way. Thankfully, it did yesterday. But like you mentioned, I think first half we were a little bit passive after the first goal. I, I don't think we created too much afterwards. We had a couple of good moments with uh, Noni Madoke very lively on that flank and. Can't of all people helping him out. And the cross that you mentioned, right? I think against Sevilla, uh, I think it was away at Sevilla in the Champions League. Uh, Kante had a very similar cross for Giro as well. So, I think it is something that he has in his locker. We don't play him there. But all around, man, I'm just happy for a win. It's been so long and such a strange feeling. Going into every week, expecting to lose and then a win feeling like a surprise. I hope you know this changes very fast. Yeah. Harry, one person I do want to focus on, Nani Madueke. For me, he was the clear sort of outstanding player. On the pitch, you know, he certainly had better of Matthias Vigne, um caused him a lot of problems. It was just really encouraging to see, I guess, you know, for him to build on that performance that we saw midweek against us, obviously with our goal, uh, you know, to see that performance he put in. And I guess just a sign that, you know, hopefully he is, you know, it's a sign of a player that Poch, if, if it is Poch, you know, to come in, get his, certainly a player he can mould and something to be excited about for the future because these have been, you know, this has been a really encouraging week for for Noni Madueke and a sign of, you know, that, that what the future could hold at Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I love the player. I think he's so exciting to watch. Um, he, he's he's just got that raw talent and um, sheer determination and, and just a sort of happiness to be at Chelsea. And I, I'm not seeing that enough from the rest of the players. Um, so it's it's such a refreshing sight to see, like, Noni, like, enjoy himself on the pitch, enjoy playing for the badge, and um, you know, some people were, were saying to me that his his end product needs work. But guys, twenty one, you know, cut him some slack. I think we get in a habit as Chelsea fans of immediately wanting to be critical of young players. And um, for me, you know, he's okay. He's raw. He's rough around the edges. But um, whether it be Pochettino, it's looking likely. I um, I think he he can he can mould. Madueke into a fantastic player and I, I love the fact that he uh, tracks back quite a bit you know you can see that's already a feature of his game um, and also I love the fact that he's he's got that left peg so he can cut in and offer a different option but equally you know his his delivery on his right foot is is not bad he's not a one-footed player at all Um I just sort of go back to the the goal we conceded as well because I, I have some thoughts on that. I feel that I, I agree that with Akash that that Thiago Silva um, played a big role in us conceding that goal, um, and also I I think Enzo um, was at fault, and just generally it was yet another sign how many times we have to say it and pray to God that we are rewarded this summer with um, a quintessential. CDM to you know sort of stop us conceding those sorts sorts of goals, and I also 
hate to hate to get it in there, but I do think Kepper was at fault again for being so far off his line when there was no reason to be. You know, um, a competent PL goalie stays on his line, and if he's a bit taller, probably full stretch, he saves that. It was a good goal, but the, the pace of the shot, I reckon, uh, a competent goalie saves it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, just on Nonny as well. I thought his message, you know, his tweets of after the Arsenal game, which is really nice. Suddenly, the first line, immensely proud every time I look down at the crest on my chest. And I think, was it was it Frank himself who said, you know, play for the badge on the front and they'll remember the name on the back, etc., or something like that. And it's just, you know, it, it's been, you know, in a season where we've doubted and questioned a lot of these players' attitudes, you certainly have not been able to question Nonny every time he's come on to the pitch. And it was just, you know, really encouraging showing from him yesterday. He is substituted, though, at, you know, in that game. I was not mad at it because I think ultimately, like, you know, he's he's had his struggles with injury this season. Uh, he's bet, He hasn't played a huge amount of football and, you know, got to manage him. And as long as he's starting and playing decent minutes, I'm still kind of cool with that. Akash, for much maligned, Hakim Ziyech replaces him. And he is a man who sets up our match winner, Benoit Badiashile. Brilliant cross. In and there's Badi Shile to head home. Bournemouth have got a horrendous record at conceding goals for, from set pieces this season. Uh, so it was nice for us to actually exploit that and take advantage of other teams' weakness. And that was, you know, Benoit's first goal. But just like just a moment ago, I guess that's what we know you can get with Ziyech. It's just, I guess, been far too... Uh, happened far too, you know, hasn't happened often enough with him. Um, there's probably a variety of reasons why Hakim Ziyech has not succeeded at Chelsea, whether that being the player himself, the system, the various coaches... Etc. But it, it's it's sort of just a sign. Like this game sort of just felt like had signs of like what Chelsea could be, right? Just all the signs of like. So and we'll get onto it later with other players. Just like Hakim Ziyech again, that shows what he can be and what Chelsea, you know, a Chelsea could look like if there was like a clear role. It just you know a sign of what could be, but more importantly, the goal scorer, what there is for the future. Uh, Hakim Ziyech is someone I can rant about for ages. So feel free to cut me off if I'm going on for too long. I think we brought him in with a very specific role in mind, which was to play that creative force out on the right, link up with people like Reese James and SP. And I think he had a good start. There was this great game great game against Brighton where he set, set Timo Werner up. He had a lot of tricks going on. Everything was working out for him. I think Tukil came in, completely changed how we attack and then ZS starts picking the balls up in places where he's either, it's either his back to goal or he has people twice his size pressing up on him almost immediately, right? And I think he struggled with that. People have complaints about his attitude. I personally just felt he always seemed to try too hard. He was trying to make too much happen in an unfamiliar position and things didn't work out for him. But you put him with a, 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 an iota more time on the ball, he will supply at least 10 to assists a season. That's how good his quality of final ball is. And it hasn't worked out here for a multitude of reasons. I hope he has success wherever he goes. And even yesterday, that ball, it was inch perfect. I think even otherwise how he just plays those runners in, in behind when you have people with uh, the energy and quality of Mason Mount and Conor Gallagher breaking beyond him. I think we could have used ZH in a much better way. I, I'll stop about ZH for now. but And I think like Harry mentioned a little while ago, I think there's just a couple of players I don't rate too much in the squad and one of them is Conor Gallagher. I think as a utility player, if you need energy and you need game management, he's a great, great you know uh, option to have. But if you want him sort of picking the ball up and running games, I, I'm not sure he has that quality right now. Whether he can become that player in the future, I'm not sure. But right now, I don't think he is that player. And if we can convince him to pick up a squad role, squad role, you know, squad role great. But I think he backs himself to be a starter somewhere else. And fair enough, if he goes to Germany and kills it, all the best to him. 
Fair enough. Uh, and on the goal scorer, Benoit Badishili at Harry. Again, it's all just that has been for me one of the frustrating things with Frank, the sort of the absence of Badishile, you know. Um he obviously plays yesterday because Wesley Fafana has is out with, with a knock. Uh he comes in and he just scores a goal, gets his first Chelsea goal. It's just again, you know, a player scoring first Chelsea goal, just a really nice moment. Again, that's a player that we've got to really, you know, build around next season. And, you know, we question you say Tiago Silva saw the fault for for the goal, if Mauricio Pochettino does come in, and you know we kind of know he tends to favour at four of a back, then will be the question of who is that that centre back pairing, and you know maybe it would be the time to potentially, as as Brudy said, move you know have Silver assume a, a lesser role, potentially like a JT in sixteen seventeen, and go with a Badi Shile and Fafana partnership. Potentially, obviously Thiago Silva is still comfortably, I think, been Chelsea's player of the season this season. You know, even if the quality has been pretty pretty low, but again, Benoit Badi Shile just just a sign of the future and what is. What is to come, and again, I guess you know, just one of the, I guess the images of that, yeah, ideas, symbols of our game, is just that you know, the the future is the future can be quite bright for Chelsea. Yeah, absolutely. I thought uh, Benoit Badiashile was um, arguably man of the match. To be honest, like I thought he was really composed. He was actually pinging a few balls forward. He was showing everything that you want in in a centre back, and he's still so young and exciting. I, I agree with you that. Uh, one of the biggest frustrations with Frank and, and a real surprise really is that he hasn't been playing the young players who have been in form and have showed um, strong performances. Um, and and you can, you know, I've just as a side point, I've been trying to figure out whether it's actually Lampard making these decisions and perhaps we'll never know, but, or if it's whether um, he's being forced to play certain players to put them in the shop window um, you know, and whether this is this is uh, instructions coming from the top, and I and equally I understand that from the owner's perspective, you know, you the the seasons are dud anyway. Uh, we're not going to get relegated, you know, like you said, it was like less than one percent chance. Um, so you may as well try and play these players that you're intending to sell in the summer. But at the same time, it stings a bit because we wanted Lampard to come in, to bring back those good vibes, um, to put a smile on our faces, and Finally, we got it yesterday when he did what we all thought he was going to do in the first place, which is what he did in his first season with Chelsea, which is play the young and hungry youngsters um, uh, like Madueke and uh, Badia Shield. So, yeah, I, I really, I really love Benoit. And another thing is that he's a left footed centre back, which we've been sort of um, desperate for for, for years, um, really. And in, in the modern game, in, in, the, in the Premier League, a left-footed centre-back is so, so important. And um, it's exciting that we, we've got this guy. Um, I, I think I think he could actually turn out to be a bit of a legend. If, if I'm making a real long-term prediction, I think he could end up being a Chelsea legend in the, in the far future. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's the goal. Puts us two and up. And then we kill the game off. Raheem Sterling assisting Joao Felix. Again, just a lovely... Finish. I mean, Akash Joao Felix's third Chelsea goal. He comes, he comes off a bench to get it. And again, I mean, we don't know if that's a if if he is going to be here next season. But again, a player who has shown glimpses of what you know what he can be. That's three Chelsea goals now, which probably makes him about our third top goal scorer of this season. Which kind of sums up the state of Chelsea itself. A player who often leaves you wanting more, but again, just just a sign that maybe if we. If we were to get him on another loan, which is potentially, you know, which has been rumoured that potentially there's like a 
there's a role future for him and it would be potentially interesting to see him in a better you know come into a more successful or more stable environment when he came in to see what he could produce because even in in this month he's shown glimpses and shown moments that makes you you know as i said i'm kind of like very sort of indecided and said alone is kind of like i love because i don't know you know it's, it's not that it's not that committal but it's still just like a you know another trial run type thing but i don't know your thoughts on on trial yeah, it was nice to see him get a goal he's been as much as he frustrates he has also been kind of a joy to watch at points in you know and joy has been something that's been pretty sh- short and supply at chelsea uh this season you know even if he does frustrate a lot it's still fun watching him play football exactly and i so i think i might be in the minority here even on twitter i think he gets a lot of criticism but it's hard for me to evaluate a player when so many things have looked off we've not been a coherent attack he is a player who needs a lot of the ball i think i think we've said the same in a previous uh, pod as well that for me the role that suits him best is griezmann in france where every second ball flows through him and and you see him you know be demanding the ball wanting to make things happen right in a few in a couple of games before it looked like he was trying for those give, give, you know given goal with havertz and our other wingers but things just weren't coming off and obviously people have their frustrations with how many chances he's missed but i think there's a great player in there his ceiling i think is maybe 70 to 80% of what eden hazard was for us it might be me you know sort of overstepping or maybe overhyping him a bit but i think that that is his ceiling and that's how good he can be and poch is someone who has worked with young players before i think delhi ali boasting into the box running beyond harry kane or something that he did amazing for a couple of seasons i think felix could probably be that player uh and kunku as far as i have seen always plays ahead of dani olmo and soboslai and he gets a lot of service right he he needs and in the bundesliga i think creating chances is a bit easier than it is in england so i'm a little unsure of if nkunku will create for us but i think felix can be that player and i i could be proven wrong as well but if we were to get him on a loan right and as long as he doesn't affect other transfer plans like i think harry just mentioned a number 6 is an absolute priority we've ignored it for too long i think it's been about 6 seasons since matic left that we've just sort of tried to plaster around that huge hole that he's left but uh, if we can get a top quality number 9 and a number 6 into the team uh, as long as you know the felix move doesn't block that i want to see him play for us for sure yeah no indeed and that meant chelsea won 3-1 got their first win you know in a long time uh, first premier league win since leicester away has been a long 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 time and it meant that chelsea you know we went back above crystal palace um so that was that was nice um chelsea now 11th in premier league table we're only three points behind fulham in 10th so who knows we can maybe still get a top 10 a top 10 finish potentially this season albeit after nottingham forest next week there are some very very difficult games on paper so we'll have to see but look it was just nice we're talking about a chelsea win and it said winning with frank lampard feels nice it was nice to see the young players mudrick got a start um Actually, I mean, it's interesting. I don't think he probably got the ball enough. I thought Ben Chilwell on the side now actually probably had a really poor game. Um, at left back, he goes off. You know, Lewis Hall's on bench. We see Cesar Aspilicueta come on again. That's again. I get the frustrations with that move. We ended up, we end up winning the game. So I'm kind of like willing to be, you know, be lenient on that one. And we've won a game, so I don't want to be too critical. Pante goes off for Ruben. And I thought Ruben came on and was solid, steady the ship uh, in midfield there. and it was just it was just nice and chelsea won a game and we've only won 11 premier league games this season so enjoy them boys you know you've not come on they've not come often enough and as i said yeah mudrick was a bit quiet but you know um he gets booked for diving which i think was a little bit harsh i don't think you know he does go down but it's not i don't think he's actually looking for a penalty i just think he just 
unprofitable and he's but it is what it is. Um but yeah, Chelsea Chelsea got a win and it was just very, very nice. And there's now an opportunity, I guess, to build on that. Um but I guess boy, just moving on, you know, we saw, you know, rest of the season, we've now really got to see the likes of Amadoeki start games, Mudrick start games wing, Baddy Shile start the defence. And I mean, potentially, I mean, not even talk about him, which probably, I guess, sums up his game. Kai Havertz was pretty anonymous for those, for all that time he was on the football pitch yesterday. And Gerard Felix sort of comes on and does, you know, have, have a, an almost instant impact, even if the game situation is slightly different at that point. Um, so again, just raise the question, do we, who do we play up top? You know, is, do we give Gerard Felix potentially keep an eye on him? Because he's sort of been someone who's sort of been coming off the bench a bit more in recent weeks, which, you know, who does that indicate we're not going for him? Who knows? There's a lot of questions up in the air, but I think certainly, boy, it's just crucial that we see the likes of Noni, Mudrik and Badiashile in the starting lineups pretty much from now to the end of the season. No really excuses not to play them. And also, if Reese James isn't going to play, Trevor Chalibur a right back, even if at times it can be a bit bit hairy, like we saw when he faced, you know, going up against Kaoru Matoma against Brighton, that realistically, it's probably a lot better still than seeing Aspilicueta play sort of as a right back. But just thoughts on that before we move on to some other chat. Yeah, I I agree. I I agree with everything you've, you've said there, basically. Um, and actually, and just going back to Felix, um, you know, on on the Havertz point as well. Um, I, I it's funny because I I've before Felix came in, I really really wanted this guy at Chelsea. I thought he was going to be incredible. I thought he would um, really light up the league, and I loved watching him. Um, and since then, I mean, obviously it's been a terrible season for most of our players, but I've not been impressed at all. And my position is now that um, I would maybe continue the loan, renew the loan if uh, the price is sensible. Um, if it doesn't, like uh, like Akash said, if it doesn't block certain other transfer plans. And I think um, something that would make me more... Um, more favourable of of renewing the loan would be to see Kai Havertz go because I think I've just I've really reached a finishing point with him. I just he just doesn't care. The guy just doesn't care. He only turns up for the the big fixtures and puts the effort in for those. I thought he was so anonymous um, yesterday. I didn't think that he was showing for the ball enough. And when he did, his his passing was lacklustre. Um, it didn't look like. Um, he he was paying attention really. Um, so yeah, that that's my position. I agree with you um, that Felix, you know, should probably get a start against Forest, and we'll just see we'll see how he plays between now and the end of the season. Because you know, let, let's let's see if you can carry carry on your momentum, um, and you should be able to against Forest. I mean, for goodness sake. Um, and uh, Chilwell as well. I agree with you that he he, he didn't have a good game, and I I I I, I love. Ben, I think he's fantastic. I think he's much better uh, left back than Kukurea, and I do worry about the injury. But I don't know what that performance was all about. It's, it was really odd. Um, he really he looked off off colour for some reason, um, and maybe there's other reasons for it. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not going to worry too much about Chile because in general, I think actually since he come back from injury, you know, he has actually been pretty good. That was sort of just a rare, bit notable, very notable, but rare off performance from him. Um, I guess, boys. Let's talk about it, as I'm doing with guests, basically from now till we actually seemingly announce a bloke. Maurizio Pochettino seems to be the you know the front runner for Chelsea. Um, Akash, go to you first. What are your thoughts on you know the potential appointment of 
Maurizio Pochettino. Do you know his past links to Spurs bother you at all? And just your thoughts on him as a, as a coach and what he could be, you know, what he, he could do for Chelsea. Uh, yeah, so I think there's been a lot of discourse around this as well, right? So the Spurs part doesn't bother me too much because I know the animosity between uh, the match-going Chelsea fans and Spurs fans. I know that that's existed for years, but at least here, Spurs were ir- irrelevant, right? The only memory I have of Spurs is us losing to them in 2008 in the Carling Cup final. That, that's pretty much it. Uh, so those links don't bother me at all. It, it's more of, uh, I think that uh, I was talking to CFC Central on this as well, and he said, Poch teams generally a lot of the goals are concentrated among your let's say top two players. So uh, Harry Kane would probably score like maybe forty percent of of the goals, and Sun would maybe chip in with the rest. Right? And I think that continued well into his PSG stint as well. Whether Chelsea has that quality of attack to actually supply that amount of goals, I'm, I'm not too sure. And there's also concerns around, I think the second season in PSG was where they struggled to break down a lot of teams. I think uh, you had people with individual quality of Neymar and Mbappe and still they struggled to break down teams that just lined up with a flat 5-4-1. We saw the same issues with Thomas Tuchel here and I think there's a lot of PTSD with uh, us having a lot of the ball but not being able to penetrate too much. Whether whether we can actually go back to the poch of 2016-17 or then so on where they played a lot of free-flowing football. They were scoring for fun. I am not too sure. Those would probably be my only two concerns. But what we've been through this season with Graham Potter and then basically, the, you know, uh, the losing stakes that we've seen recently, right? I'm sure Poch, if backed properly and given the players that he wants, is definitely going to be an upgrade. He can at least be that base where we build from. Whether he's the person to actually take us to Premier League glory and then on, I am not too sure. But he's definitely going to at least uh, bring his skills, which is, I think he whipped that, that entire Spurs team into shape. They were almost, you know, covering, I think they were first in the league for ground covered under him, if I'm not too wrong. And I think that's something that he's picked up from Marcelo Bielsa. So, uh, the fitness of our entire squad improving is something I look forward to. I think Christian Pulisic and his hamstrings are in for a bit of trouble, but the other players probably are not going to complain. And, uh, you know, his Spurs was just a fun team to watch, man. And he, I think he brought the best out of players like Delhi Ali and Musa Dembele. And one player very similar to him is Matteo Kovacic. So, if he can unlock Kovacic's more, you know, uh, forward-thinking capabilities, if he stays with us, then uh, all, all for it. I'm super excited to watch Kovacic's. Yeah. Harry, your thoughts on the potential appointment of Maurizio Pochettino? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, for me, of the candidates after Potter was sacked, he was my favourite. I was quiet about it because of all the, the Spurs stuff surrounding him. But um, for me, I, I think he has demonstrated a lot of tactical now. I think he would be respected by the players, which is hugely important. I don't think Potter was respected. I think Pochettino would be looked up to as sort of a, a bit of a fatherly figure. Um, I think he, he can pull that off. Like he's obviously, um, he's not, uh, you know, a really old guy, but he's like 51, I think. Um, and uh, age does count for something in a weird way. Um, I don't think Nagelsmann would have had that uh, impact on the players. I think he might have been sort of seen as one of the lads rather than um, an authoritative figure. And we we do need that, um, particularly for the younger players who need guidance, who need mentoring, uh, the likes of Madueke, um, the likes of Mudrik, um, and the likes of Enzo even. And, uh, and I think that connection as well is important, you know, to have that Argentinian 
um, connection is is notable, and I do see Enzo as a future leader of the team. Um, I think Poch, Poch can um, nurture him, um, and yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty positive and quite excited about it. To be honest, um, it's weird because like thinking back um, to when Tuchel was sacked, I think there was quite an emotional reactions to that sacking none of the fan base really expected it and what you saw back then was lots of people making sort of knee-jerk reactions I know a lot of my mates were like oh definitely not Pochettino you know bloody Spurs manager you know but but I think it's different now where we've had this horrific season and we just need to be pragmatic um he for me is the best option um and uh while I do I, I you know I, I tend to be one of the people who does miss Tuchel. You know that that ship has sailed, and we are where we are. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 positive about it. Really positive. Yeah, the timing certainly seems a lot better to go. You know, to get him in now than when it would have potentially been there uh, earlier in the season. And as I said, you know, the circumstances in the new environment perhaps just seems a little bit a bit more suited. And we and again, I know it's only reports, but we're also hearing that Chelsea are not going to be signing that many, you know, there's been brought Chelsea not looking to spend and spend loads and loads of money and go after loads of players this season, not looking to bring in loads of new faces, maybe only two or three and while maybe potentially offloading players, which I think will be quite useful there. Just give him, you know, hopefully a bit of a more uh stable environment. I just think guys, it's probably just crucial that we get him announced and wrapped up, you know, pretty soon so he can sort of just so the players have that that clarity but we as fans have that clarity of Doge Ford and that Pochino can, you know, basically get to work basically as soon as possible, really, because he does have Makash. He does he will have quite a big task on his hand. We have seen that, you know, you can recover from a bad season. I mean, just look at Manchester United last season, even if, you know, that bad season was them still qualifying for the Europa League. Um, but you can still see for that that club, that team seemed that club seemed like a in a crisis basically throughout that whole season. And that we've seen, you know, Ten Hag's come in and yes, there's been some blips and they are, you know, struggling a bit right now with injuries. But you can turn the fortunes around relatively quickly a club. So I guess, you know, that's an example to potentially give optimism for. But then just your thoughts just means on how crucial it is we sort of get this this Poch announcement, you know, done relatively, you know, relatively soon. Yep, so how I think of it is the Saudi season, I think... Uh... Till pre-season started, right? Conte was still our manager, but we st- kept hearing rumblings that Sari was going to come in. There, there wasn't a lot of clarity around when Conte was going to leave. I, I don't want to see that. I, we need a proper pre-season. We need Poch to come in, work with a recruitment team and say, pinpoint the exact profiles that he wants. We've had non-footballing people take footballing decisions for way too long. And uh, basically, Liverpool and City have handed the right people the reins and then they're reaping the benefits of it. So I think there's a couple of profiles that I want us to look at first. Number six is an absolute priority. I love watching Romeo Lavia play. I think in a very, very bad team, especially that game against City, I think he was so much... I think he was 90% of what was good about Southampton. He's he's mobile, can get his foot in, can start attacks from back. He's really good at build-up. And Declan Rice, I'm a huge fan of his defensive attributes, but on the ball, you know, a lot of people have concerns. I think, at least in England and West Ham, there's, an, there's not a lot of demands on him in build-up. I think he has people around him who can make that happen. Or uh, There's always that out-ball to Creswell or whoever's playing out wide, right? I think in Chelsea, there, there might be a bit more demands of him, but there are other people to hold his hand in build-up. You have Enzo, you have uh, Levi Colville coming in, who's amazing at starting moves from the back. Then you have Thiago Silva, who we, who we can learn from. I want us to sort that out. And Ivan Tony yesterday was amazing, man. I just hope 
he doesn't get a ban even if that's selfish even if whatever he did was illegal or whatever but he's he's such a good player and anyone who can get him in for maybe around 50 60 is getting a top quality striker at least for the next 4 to 5 years and it's a very selfish motive that i don't want to see him banned or whatever but uh, i just hope we sort these two positions out we're going into this season again with kai havertz as a top scorer with nine goals no one in double digits and it's a shame that that has to change going into next season yeah i mean and harry obviously chelsea's pre-season sort of schedule has also been announced as well as you know trips to the states a lot less known to be probably a lot less mileage than last summer so that's i guess a positive step in the, the right direction but i guess it's just you know crucial that you know we sort of see poch you know in so he's actually able so we avoid the mistakes of, of last summer and, and just pre-season's gone by where we take players on these tours that have no future here end up playing minutes and then are, then are gone within a month i mean we saw the likes of Ross Barkley and Kennedy and co playing preseason minutes last year, and then their contracts were terminated, you know, not long after, etc. Timo Werner going on that tour to only to be sold to Leipzig. I think it's crucial, you know, from that aspect. You know, Akash mentioned bringing players, but it's crucial also for Potra. We have that clear out ready. So the preseason, because those preseasons, like there's good good fixtures in there against like Brighton, Newcastle, Dortmund, etc. Good, good tests for him. I mean, we're saying him because presuming is him for him to get his team. Ready. It's you know a big crucial crucial you know step now to sort of you know evaluate these players and get be ruthless with decisions. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the club have to be ruthless as well. You know, um, the 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 outgoings are more important in a way than the income the incomings. You know, we've got to trim this squad down for the for the future of the club. You know, for the sake of the future of the club, for the sake of dressing room harmony. It's so important that. Um, we get rid of the 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 dead weight, um, and that you know we've got players coming back from loan. Um, he who shall not be named uh, is is on his way back, and um, you know I I personally can't see him uh, performing under Pochettino either. So that's a write off for me. Um, but yeah, um, I think I hope that Poch has already basically agreed something in principle with the club behind the scenes and that he's already planning and already evaluating players and thinking about things going forward. I, I'm sure he is because, you know, what else is he going to be doing? Um, uh, but yeah, um, I think like Akash uh, alluded to, we need a striker. I think Tony would be a great option. I think if you look at the top four clubs uh, in the league this year and you just look at previous pre. Uh, Premier League winners, you're hard pressed to find one that has won without a striker that's over the height of six foot. And, um, you know, um, I'm just saying that as like a side point to show that, you know, we are severely lacking a proper number nine. Um, I don't think Havertz is a striker. Um, I think he should be played deeper. We've been over that. Um, but, um, yeah, and it is, it'd be interesting to see if he is kept, how, how Pochettino does utilise him. Um, and obviously we need a new goalkeeper and we need, we didn't need, uh, need a new quintessential CDM and replace Matic, finally. Um, if we can do those three things and ship out all the all the, the deadwood, then I think we're in a really good spot. Yeah, yeah, indeed. So as I say, hopefully, you know, moving forward, as I said, if Frank can sort of just keep playing some of these players, you know, give get them ready, you know, just get them more acclimatized to Premier League, get them ready. You know, his his job really now, you know, is literally just to assist the next coach and bringing those players in. And as I said, as I, as I said 
with Frank ultimately when we look back at what well, when we look back at his time in charge of Chelsea, well, there's not going to be the trophies to show for it. We want there to be the signs that he did help take the club and move the needle in the right direction, like we saw the first time. We're bringing those young players, getting them, getting them ready, set up for for the Premier League, uh, and still helping build and mould a Chelsea squad for the future. Um, and build players for for the future again. This is his time again now to get ready and mould these players for the next guy. Get them, get them ready, and just to help lay you know the foundation to help Chelsea become quite good again. It's kind of a shame that we're talking about him laying foundations in two separate stints in the space of. And of a number of years, but that's also just kind of a result of how poorly Chelsea have managed the situation uh, in between both times as well. But look, it's, you know, we won a game of football. That's nice. Winning games of football is always nice. Hopefully we'll win a game of football next week as well. And that will be be very nice as well. And look, hopefully there'll be some more potsh updates to come. Hopefully that'll be announced soon. But again, the future, get, get him announced. And then we can really start being excited and planning for the future. Because as I said, I mean, I saw a great point. I uh, saw a tweet yesterday. But a lot of people sort of that game reminded them a bit of when we beat Bournemouth four one under Gus Hiddinkin fifteen sixteen. Obviously, the following season we went on went to win the league. Now I'm not saying we would win the league next season, but it just said it just felt like a sign of like this is what that Chelsea team is capable of, and they can get it going. And we scored three goals in a game, right? Like what attacking issues? What attacking issues have basically plagued us all all season? It just shows like there can be something there. Um, so yeah, it was just really you know it was just a positive way to to end end and look. You know, it's it's just really nice weekend and said three weekends running Chelsea have not ruined it now granted two of those we've not played uh but still it's it's lovely lovely weekend and look hopefully Newcastle can make that weekend even sweeter for us as fans so that's going to wrap it up for that Chelsea podcast uh I'll thank our guests for coming on again so Akash before you go give yourself one last plug where people can find you uh sure bro Akash Hebar CFC8 on Twitter Akash Hebar on Instagram and Chelsea Karen on YouTube Nice one. And Harry, tell people where they can find you for, for some more superb tweets. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'm at HK Saratov, which is S-A-R-A-T-O-V. Nice one. Links in the description below. As for us, we're on Twitter, of our trust pod, Instagram, of our trust pod, even though I don't really use it. Uh, we're on all your usual podcast platform, Fighters, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please leave a rating and review. It goes a long way. Tell anyone who you know, who you know with a functioning pair of ears who will listen to us uh, speak, please. Uh, and until the next episode, everybody, keep the blue flag flying high. Sports Social Podcast Network.